0: Welcome, you guys, to our Carolina Roll Cod podcast. My name is Shakori, and my partner's name is... I'm Coleman
1: Bryant. I'm the co-host of this show. Today, we are so happy to have Representative Lynn Bennett, who represents Charleston-based District 114. Uh, She has a very important race coming up on November 3rd, and she's running against Ed Sutton, uh, who we interviewed earlier this week. Uh, So welcome, Representative Bennett. Uh, We're so glad you're here. And uh, just for our viewers who may not know who you are, uh, can you please just give them a brief introduction of who you are, what you stand for, um, just kind of what you're about?
2: Well, I, I, um, I've lived in the West Ashley area, primarily in this neighborhood for over 20 years. Um, I've been involved in my community. I've been involved in you know, um, charitable events, fundraising events. Um, political events, I just, it's my home and I love it. And um, I'm married to a wonderful man named Ed. We have been together for 38 years um, and we plan to be 38 more years, (laughs) God willing. Um, But you know, it's a lifetime commitment. I have three grown sons who have married three wonderful daughter-in-laws and I have seven grandchildren. The youngest just turned 10 yesterday and the oldest turned 20 last month. So there's, there's a 10-year there's a spread in there with the seven of them. They gave us seven in a 10-year period, and I just adore them. Um, I love the community that I live in. I love my neighbors. I, I ran for state, a state office because I was concerned about the education of our children. The fact that we're always last, we're always in the bottom, um, that we can't seem to get things fixed, that our children can't read. I mean, fundamentally, they should be able to read at least on a third grade level. Um, we, we, our curriculum is geared toward everybody going to college, and not all kids are going to do that. So we lose half of them before they even get started. So I wanted to see us have a. Um, sorry, that was my husband, I think, what, honey? I think we need to have a curriculum based. Um, education so that we can steer those children who are not interested in going to college to a good future. I mean they need an opportunity it upsets me that we bring in so many out-of-state people to work at these manufacturing jobs we pull in because our children just don't have a basic education and they deserve those jobs and I'm gonna fight for them for them Um, and then there's other things you know that children human trafficking is another issue that really concerns me. And we've been working very hard to get that under control. By the way, I don't know if you've heard, but we finally moved out of the top 10 states that um, lose women to um, abuse. And um, I'd like us to be like way down at the bottom, but at least we're not in the top 10 anymore. And that's due to legislature, that women in the house, have worked on so hard to try to reduce that.
0: Now let's, let's go a little bit with the education. So since you've been in the house, what are some things that is, you can put your hand on and say, I'm proud we got that done in my time here.
2: Well, I'm not proud that we didn't get education reform done this year because of COVID. Because even though it wasn't a perfect deal, it was a good start it opened the door. Um, Some of the things I'm very proud of having gotten done was a bipartisan bill that was passed in the House but never made it through the Senate on dismemberment abortion, one of the most horrible procedures I've ever heard of. So Democrats and Republicans in the House agreed, this is just horrible. But for some reason, the Senate couldn't get it done. And um, it's just what it is. I worked with Representative Robert Brown on a couple of bills one that included bullying and the other was about uh, bus safety. We have a problem in my district and Robert Brown's district. Cause we're right next door to each other where people just fly by school buses, even though the law says you have to stop, they don't do it. So it's so hard to, um, to do things like that. So our goal was to just increase the fines. You know, if you get caught, Riding by a school bus, you're going to pay a lot and you may have to do community service. Maybe you work at a bus stop and stop traffic for a school bus, Uh, you know, those kinds of things. Um, That was one we were proud of, of course, COVID kind of killed that for us. Um, And the bullying bill. This is a second attempt at putting in a bullying bill. I put one in last session. The problem that I hit with that last session was that bullying bill kind of went to a point where it just kicked the bullies out of school it was to protect the kids who were being bullied. And a lot of people were concerned about that. So I sat down and talked with my friends on both sides of the aisle. And what they really wanted to see and what we finally did was some kind of program that might help these children, a counseling program, a mental health program, um, working with their parents, because they obviously have some anger issues or, or even social issues. So we rewrote the bill Robert Brown and I both did that and submitted it, and it was an excellent bill. COVID again messed us up; we we just couldn't get to it with all the stuff that was on the calendar. Um, but Representative Moore introduced a mental health bill, which we supported. I was a co-sponsor of it. It was a good bill. Well, we sent it to the, it got sent to the Senate, and they really watered it. Down, unfortunately, and send it back to us. But we decided this opened the door. This was the start. So we would accept the sentence changes, and we passed the bill. And next session, we we're going to back in and strengthen the bill again.
1: You've uh, so you've mentioned COVID quite a bit, and I know that's uh, really uh, you said it's kind of put a damper a damper on your uh, everything on, on your progress with your bills. Yeah. What have you been up to since this COVID crisis has started? Uh, what what have your constituents, uh, what have you been doing for your constituents and um, just kind of like, what have you been doing?
2: Well, helping them negotiate state agencies. Specifically, um, probably the most complaints I get is Department of Employment and Workforce, getting their unemployment benefits or their pandemic um, unemployment insurance. Um, it was difficult. I think it was difficult because the federal government got involved to to be honest with you. Um, We had in the state, we had a very healthy unemployment insurance fund. It was $1.8 billion. We are now down to like, I think 750 million the last time I looked. So we've really worked that down. Um, And then the government came in and gave him this other 600 extra dollars. And what the people don't understand is The government says things fast but they don't work that way so it took us over a month just to get the funding for that six hundred dollar a month extra funding they just couldn't it was just difficult because these are people that you know they work paycheck to paycheck they depended on their weekly paycheck they were getting behind on their bills they were you know they weren't able to pay their rent or their mortgages and you know they they weren't able to buy food i mean I, d- I gave people money to buy food, and I took people to the um, food bank to get food because it got to be that desperate. Some people went two months or more without a single penny to their name and that was that was heartbreaking and then the um, the pPP the money for small businesses well, small businesses also are an entity that doesn 't that, that has trouble negotiating as we all do, I have said that, you know, the federal process or the, any government process, whether it's state or federal. So I had to help a lot of them get applications. And some of them, especially like the single self-service businesses, they could make a choice between getting the PPP or getting the PUA. Um, and so the decision had to be what best would fit your circumstance. So I was busy, I've got the first two months 12 to 14 hours a day just trying to help people get through this process and get their lives together. And that kind of led up. I had some issues with people that needed SNAP benefits and other DSS services that they were having a hard time getting. So we helped them negotiate that. And I think I only had one case where someone was denied Um, and they know more about it than I do, but almost everybody got what they were entitled to. It was just very, very slow and cumbersome and painful um, to watch my constituents have to deal with this.
1: Well, I'm gonna say this right quick before Corey goes to the question. I think you raised some very important points. Uh, mm-hmm. When we interviewed Senator Sin, who is from Charleston as well, she made a comment, you can't paint every politician with the same brush. Exactly. We've heard a lot of people criticize all these programs, like the retirement benefit, I mean, no, the, uh, the benefit Unemployed. or the unemployment, um, the SNAP, but you're noting all these constituents you have that actually really benefited from those uh, services, especially in a time of need when they lost their jobs. So I think that's an important uh, thing that you point out. Um, that we they just, didn't
2: ask for this. They didn't ask for they this. They didn't ask for this. They, you're right. They were forced into this. You know, and I don't like big federal programs. And most of the reason is they're so big and, and cumbersome that it takes as long as it took to get through them. Um, but it, it was what it was, and we had to deal with it. And these people, I hate to say they deserved it, but they did. They did not ask for this to be brought onto them. So they needed help to maneuver the process.
0: And I'll kind of, you know, switch gears a little bit, you know, because I'm looking at time and I'm trying to make sure that, you know, we, um, we, we get to as much information as we can. But, you know, Charleston in the last couple of weeks in South Carolina and in the country has been in an uproar. Um, if it was communities against law enforcement or law enforcement against community or neighbors against neighbors, and this has been the biggest things that has um, that has hit us right here at home in South Carolina. So um, with so much unrest in Charleston and South Carolina, as a representative, how do you put your values, when your faith, Uh, on the line to try to help mend some of the broken spots here with our law enforcement in our community or neighbors and neighbors? How do you bring that together as a leader?
2: Well, you know, people laugh at this, but you just got to love them. You just got to love on them. I I think that's the biggest problem with people today. They don't feel important. They don't feel like anyone cares. Um, And I think once they know that you do care, it makes a difference. And I find that Social media it has got to be one of the worst creatures that was ever created. People will get on there and do stuff and stay stuff, say stuff and record stuff that they wouldn't do if you were standing next to them. And so that makes it harder to heal the hatred and the unrest. But I haven't given up hope. You know, I, I still believe, I mean, I will admit to you that I am one that is afraid to go downtown anymore. The news media doesn't cover it much, but there's still a lot of unrest tourists are being chased down and harassed and um, nothing's happening. I'm just, I'm afraid to go down there. Um, If I need to meet with someone, I don't really need to go down there because my district is just on the edge of Charleston. It's not downtown. But I've heard so many people say that and I just don't have an easy answer for how to get that under control because that's the mayor's responsibility and the chief of police. And I know I've seen some of these videos these are tourists that came to a town that they heard was the friendliest town in America. They're not coming back and they're going to tell their friends when they leave.
1: So and one issue that young people in our state really care about is the environment. Um, and especially and then, in Charleston County. I mean, we even see Republicans and Democrats coming together on this issue. I know that happened with uh, Representative Cunningham's bill to ban ultra drilling. I know Henry Master was very supportive of that. Where do you stand on the issue?
2: Offshore drilling, I'm against offshore drilling, and I've stated as much. Um, I do have some concerns about outside of the um, in international waters about what people can do, because that shelf goes way out there um, and what foreign countries could eventually do. Um, but I, I don't want to see drilling platforms off the coast. Um, it's, I mean, I've been to Florida many times and see them, no one seems to be insulted by them, but they're just not as beautiful. It's coming to Charleston and, and looking out at the ocean and seeing ships and boats go by and uh, airplanes with banners on the back of them. You know, I just, I just don't want to see them here. Period. I don't know what else I can say about it. Can you? Can you? Talk I live in the. You. I'm sorry. Okay, just. No, can you? Talk I live about in the low country. country. You know, we're, we're. We would have a lot better um, result in our environmental issues if we quit building so much. We pour concrete and build like crazy around here, and then we complain about all this other stuff. And we just, there seems to be no control over development in Charleston, and it's part of our problem, but that's where all the money lies, you know, so it's going to be a harder issue to stop. I just had to put that in there.
0: No, I, I think that's very interesting. And you know, as we're moving moving along, you know, why should this is a great question? Why should voters trust you with your seat that you currently hold rather than Ed Sutton? What are some issues that you're going to focus on? On um, will be the follow up question. But why should voters trust you?
2: Well, I've lived here over 20 years. I can't say that for my opponent. Um, I know my neighbors. I know my my constituents. I meet them at coffee shops all the time to have coffee, to hear about their issues. I wanna get education fixed because the primary purpose of us having a good education system is the future of our kids. And honest to God, our kids don't have a chance until we get this resolved. Um, So I wanna go back and fight for that. I want to improve that. I um, I want to improve the discipline issues that are going on in our schools. And I think we can actually probably do that. Um, I've been on the task force flooding issue and we've been able to resolve a lot of problems that are just due to poor maintenance of our ditches and drainage areas. So we can go meet with a neighbor and bring some of the folks that are involved in it, city, county and and, um, state, and say, who's responsible for fixing this? And they are all three standing there. So one of them got to admit, that you know this is their problem and then we develop a work order and we follow up on it so we have fixed some things some new things have developed um but I love West Ashley I love where I live um and I want you know a lot of things that happen here need to go to city or county council but when the state steps in to interfere with the wonderful life we live here and how we're going to do that I want to
1: be there to make sure we're on the right path. Well, um, Ja'Cory asked your opponent this. I want to ask you this. Um, What is one thing, you know, we're in a state, uh, we're in a country where everyone's just so polarized, and it's almost like we think that Republicans and Democrats can't agree on anything. So what would you say is if there is an issue, what, what issue could you and your opponent both agree on?
2: I guess education. I mean, he runs around talking about his concern for education. He lived in the peninsula, which has some of the worst education systems in our county, struggling schools. I don't know why he didn't think he couldn't work in his own previous district to get that fixed. And so he moved into mine to take me on. Um, But I think that the two of us could probably agree on education issues, on the fact that our simple things, our children need to read at a third grade level. Period, because once they don't, when they get past a certain point, they keep falling behind in school. And the reason is because they can't keep up. And as each year goes by and they fall further behind, they become less interested in their education. All they wanna do is get out. And that shouldn't be happening. We should be offering our kids opportunities. Everything is not college geared. There are other greater well-paid jobs out there that we could start training kids in high school to do while they're there truck drivers, um, trades, those people work hard and make a lot of money. You know, So these are excellent jobs that kids might need. Even a lot of IT jobs can be taught in high school. The, the student can receive a certificate and get on out there and start working. And I just, those are, I would hope that he would agree with those things. I don't know. I don't know him and I've never met him. And like I said, he doesn't live here. Or hadn't lived here before last year so I really other than the fact that he talks education I would think we could at least agree on those two things.
0: I think that's a very great answer Um, and that's one that I'm always trying to ask people that are on is you know where can we find that bipartisan stuff and for some uh, people we interview is very easy and that question for you is very easy and some is very hard so it it was very good to hear that answer so we talked about policy, we talked about um, your election. Um, well, there's one, there's one question too, I would, you know, well, we, we covered that. I would like to get past that and tell us a little bit about you. Outside of the political ram. what do you do? What, what's your hobby? What, what makes you laugh? What's something you enjoy that gets you up in the morning?
2: Well, I love to work in my yard. I love to garden. I have a pool. It's not a big pool. I love to get in my pool. Um, so I can work in my garden, jump in the pool, cool off, go back and work in the garden. That's probably one of my favorite things to do. I play golf. My husband is a golf fanatic. Um, we haven't played in the last year because he had his he had a cancerous kidney last year that was removed, and the recovery from that has been slow. But we do go out to the driving range and practice, but we really haven't played any. Die hard golf for a while, and I kind of might like to get back to that soon. I love my grandchildren, I love to go visit them, I love to play with them and talk with them, and you know, read books with them, whatever they want, go on sightseeing trips. They're just wonderful, bright kids. I have two autistic grandchildren who are just adorable, um, and their parents have done an excellent job helping them maneuver what's already difficult for the rest of us. But these two children are doing great, and I'm proud of them. I'm proud of all of them. I have a granddaughter who does ballet, and she's very good. And I have a granddaughter who does Irish dancing, and she went won first place this past weekend at a dance competition. So I have athletic kids, you know, grandkids that like sports and football and basketball. So I just like to be with them and and hear their stories and talk to them and see life from their perspective, so to speak.
1: Yeah, we always like to every time we uh have someone on, we like to get to know the person. Because I feel like so many times people see you on T V, they see you in the news, they see you wherever, they all sometimes people forget that politicians are people too. Uh,
2: (laughs) we are. We eat, sleep and drink and we're tired.
1: That's that's and of course, from
2: talking a lot. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, we always like to ask fun questions like that. And uh, another question I w- we asked, and I'll ask this question again. Uh, we've already used this question one time. Um, what we always go around and ask a question for all of us. You know, what's your favorite place to eat in South Carolina? What's your uh, favorite attraction? Uh, what's a place that everyone should go to in South Carolina? So I think that's what we're going to do today. What What is a place that you think everyone in South Carolina should
2: visit? Lou Marlin in Columbia. (laughs) That is my favorite place. And anytime I'm near there, I at least try to stop in. Um, They have great food. And um, I only drink one because it's just so good, but they have this 21 pineapple martini. Um, So I I have to have at least one. I don't think I've ever had more than one, Um, but it's just so refreshing. So that's my favorite drink if anybody's interested in that mostly i drink sweet tea um my favorite place to visit god i've got so many i can't give you one specific my husband and i love to ride around and look at historical places but um i think hunter island is one of our favorite places to go because there's not much there it's very quiet and you can just walk around and spend time with what felt like the real world not too long ago i'm sorry i have a grandson named hunter that's why i do
1: that yeah i would say um i'm gonna go off that show outer banks that was filmed in charleston i think everyone should (laughs) visit uh shim creek amen uh, in charleston and also i think you just mentioned it hunting island state park is might be south Carolina's most beautiful uh, natural treasure well i can Um,
2: tell you my favorite restaurant on shim creek if you like um they just sold out but it was it was rb seafood my husband and i love together and sit on their roof and just watch the city and the boats and the everybody go by um rb just sold his place i believe i don't know if it's going to keep the same name or not but any one of those places is great that just happened to be one of our favorites
0: my favorite place to go um in south carolina well one of my favorite places we're talking about historical places i love Old furniture. I love old furniture. I like redoing furniture and sanding it and painting it with Dixie paint and give it the old, um, you know, um, rusted look. And so Peacock's Furniture and um, Latta is one of the favorite places I like to stop. Um, Latta, South Carolina. I was shouting them out. They have some of the best brownies, so you can get dessert and get really cool furniture. So most of my I
2: have to go check that out. it's really I'll have to check that out. I like old furniture too. I have a house full of it.
0: (laughs) I'll have to send you some pictures. I love old furnitures and old mantles and, you know, I got my blue wheel plates and one this piece I actually got um, got it from Peacocks. And so, you know, I had a friend that sanded it and painted it. So that's one of the cool things I like about visiting um, antique shops across the state. This is one of my favorites.
2: Good for you. That's great. I'll have to check it out because I like old furniture,
0: too. So, you know, as we as we close, you know, one thing, one cool thing we try to do is talk about something that we like from the interview. So one of the coolest thing that I like was your statement about how do we bring South Carolina back together? And I think that is love, loving each other. And, And people want to feel wanted and people want to feel loved. And I think that was a perfect answer for what's going on in our country, being able to talk to each other and just love each other.
2: that's a basic human instinct i would think you know just it's maybe i'm wrong but i just think that's what everybody wants in life is to feel needed and loved
0: i fully agree and i'll let colvin always closes out so i'll let you close it out it was good to see you yeah thank you for
1: that uh that perspective i think that's a message in any issue when we approach it with love i think that's the right thing to do i think it's the moral thing to do and I think our country could be better served um, if we approach every issue um, in, the, in the spirit of love and the spirit of loving other people, despite our differences, despite what they may look like, what gender they may be, what sexuality, um, it doesn't matter. If we approach every issue with love, we'd
2: have a much different state, much different country. Amen, brother. Amen. I agree with you on that.